Hello and welcome to chapter 14 of The King's Secret. I woke in the infirmary with a start, wincing from the intense pain that ripped through my body as I moved. Ow. Welcome back to the living. Alfred stood next to me on crutches. How are you? I asked through clenched teeth. Even speaking hurt. Alive, thanks to you. He smiled down at me. You're incredible. I feel horrid. I could feel tears welling at my eyes from the pain. I'd give you something for the pain, man, but I've been instructed not to. He sighed. Malia said she had to give you a revival potion. They're hell on the system, but they'll keep you alive in a pinch. Yeah, I recalled the third potion. It was gross. He laughed, then fell silent, his face becoming sullen. I seriously thought I was going to die out there alone, never getting to see Lena again. She tried to come with me, I grunted. Thank God she didn't, he shuddered. That would have given her nightmares. Just telling her about it sent her into a frenzy. Where's Torkin? I asked. I wanted my pixie. Badly. Alfred pointed towards me. Pillow, he hasn't left your side since the board deemed the island and the school structurally sound. He was nearly in tears when he first got in here. I think he thought you were dead. I tried to raise my arm, but fire shot through it from the effort. Alfred saw and hobbled closer to the bed, setting his crutches against it. Hang on, I'll set him on your chest. Asta told me you'd probably want him when you woke up. Alfred gently raised Torkin's sleeping form from my pillow, cupping him with both hands. As he softly set the creature on my chest, the concern I'd felt vanished. He was okay. Alfred even raised my arm, bringing it to rest securely around the small pixie. It hurt, but I could ignore it. I just wanted Torkin safe. I still can't believe how quickly you two bonded. Alfred smiled as he picked up his crutches again. I've known Torkin for seven years. He's always sworn that he'd never bind himself to anyone ever again. Unless it was the Fairy King himself. Guess he backed out of that idea, huh? I stifled a laugh, fearful of both the pain and waking my pixie. <laughs> yeah, he settled for a half-breed, nearly worthless prince. Oh, I'd say you have a lot of worth. Alfred pulled the bed sheep up over my chest, concealing the sleeping creature. Not only in magical power, but in meaning to others, Owen. I'd certainly miss you if you up and died. So would Torkin. Yeah, I nodded slightly. I need to work on that mental health thing, huh? You think? He chuckled. Get some rest, man. I watched him hobble over to his own bed and climb in awkwardly. As I stared up at the ceiling, the conversation with myself came to mind. Something thought to be lost for good. I'd read something like that, but where? Torkin stirred, uncomfortable under the sheet. The second he realized he'd been moved, he darted out from under the covering, hovering above me. When his eyes met mine, he crossed his arms and angrily stamped his foot in the air. Don't ever do something that stupid again! <laughs> no promises. I managed to smile for him. 
I'll probably always do stupid things for my friends. His anger quickly dissipated, and tears filled his little eyes as he landed, curling into my neck as he whispered, I don't want to lose you too. Torkin. I pushed through my pain and reached up to touch him. I'm not going anywhere. I promise. The little pixie just burrowed deeper into my neck. I briefly thought about how this would be an opportune time for Cyprian to corner him, since I couldn't protect him. But then again, the man had no idea we were bonded. At least, I hope he didn't. My energy had recovered by the next day, but I still felt odd, like my skin didn't fit right. The nurse had just released me when Evan stopped in. I voiced my concern about the odd feeling to him, and he nodded, releasing a low sigh. <sighs> yes... I thought you might. From what Malia has told me, you have less than a fun road to recovery ahead. Any odd dreams while you were out? Maybe like you were talking to your reflection? Yes, I answered sadly. So I really did damage my soul? Looks that way, Evan confirmed. Was the reflection kind or hostile? Damn, Alfred said from his bed. You can't seem to catch a break, man. Kind, I answered Evan, then turned to Alfred. Sadly, <laughs> I'm used to it, honestly. It's just my life at this point, one shitty situation after another. He shook his head. Can you teach him healthier coping mechanisms, please? Evan laughed. I'll try. Sounds awfully ingrained, though. So, how do I repair the damage? I asked him, hoping for a summarized outline of steps, knowing full well that's not how this was going to happen. Lots of meditation, Evan stated flatly. Sounds like the piece that split off is on good terms with the rest of you, so it shouldn't be too difficult. Talking to it will be beneficial. A broken soul ultimately wants to be whole again, but you have to address what caused the divide in the first place. So we need to figure that out. Okay... I sighed. One more thing I get to cram into my day. We'll get you all patched up. No worries. Evan smiled. I need to help Mistress Gurna with the younger students now. I'm glad you're both doing well, all things considered. Alfred and I thanked him and he disappeared. I asked Alfred if he needed anything, to which he asked if I could send Lena his way. I happily agreed before running back to my room. It was in shambles from the tremors. I tidied up a bit before finding a fresh sheet of paper and a pen. I needed to talk with Edwin. Now. I scribbled, it's me, on the paper and folded it up. I opened the window and rummaged around until I found the avian berries Alfred had given me weeks ago. I had just removed my clothes and was about to pop two berries into my mouth when I remembered Torkin. I left him a note explaining what I was up to and that I'd be back soon. I was at the palace within two hours, landing far less than gracefully on the windowsill of Edwin's study, pleased to find him at his desk. I pecked the window, gaining his attention. He opened it in confusion, taking the note from my beak. A large smile spread across his lips as he read it. Come in quickly, he whispered. I hopped from the window to his desk. I motioned to his chair and he took the hint, rolling it up to the desk and continuing to whisper. How have you been? 
I'd learned the basics of physical linkages already, so I reached out and grabbed his finger with my talon. This isn't a social call. How are you doing that? His surprised expression was amusing. I now understood how dumb I had looked to Ada. Never mind that, I thought. Just think your replies if you're worried about being heard. I'll hear it. Okay, he thought. So if this isn't a social call, what is it? I need to know about Mom. His face fell, as it always did when I'd ask about her. What color were her eyes? I don't remember, he pondered. Let's sneak a peek at her portrait. He set me on his shoulder and snuck from his office to the gallery. Mother's portrait was covered in a black cloth, as it had been since the day she died. Edwin quickly searched for onlookers before lifting the shroud. I'd never been brave enough to take a peek, but I understood with one look why father resented me so. I looked exactly like her. She had black hair and refined facial features, so unlike my father's squared-off face that he had passed on to my brothers. The only real difference between us was the eye color. Hers were a deep forest green, similar to the energy that had burst forth from me only yesterday. Well, that explains a lot, I sighed. Not to me. Edowin dropped the shroud and headed back to his study. What's her eye color got to do with anything? Mom was a fairy. The green eyes confirm it. As I thought it, he froze, turning his head to look at me in astonishment. That does explain a lot, he responded. I have something for you. Edwin closed and locked his office door, rushing to his bookshelf to pull out a tome that I knew was false. He took it to his desk and opened the hollow book, pulling out an aged letter. I knew the handwriting instantly. I'd seen it on enough returned assignments. I found this in some of Father's old files he was throwing out. Edwin held it open for me to read. What do you make of it? I know who wrote this. My blood was boiling with each word I read. He's positively rancid. Owen, do you see the date on this? He scoffed. <laughs> the man that wrote this is 104 years old because he drinks a life-extending elixir. I was about to continue when an angry rapping sounded on the window. What the hell? Edwin said aloud, turning as he gasped. Uh, let him in, I sighed. He's a friend. I hopped onto the desk as Edwin opened the window, letting in a furious pixie. You don't get to just leave me like that! Torkin pointed his blue finger at me angrily. And what the hell are you doing morphing in your condition? Do you have any idea what the consequences could be for this? I flapped my wings in his face, effectively silencing him before motioning towards my brother. The man stood behind his desk in quiet shock at the sight before him. The pixie groaned and then turned to face Edwin. I'm Torkin. I'm a pixie. I'm also a board member of Spirewood Academy. And I'm bonded to this idiot. I have so many questions, Edwin whispered, looking between the two of us. I rolled my eyes and pecked Torkin gently, motioning towards the letter with my wing. He flitted over and began reading it his expression matching my previous feelings.
Captain Prim?" he whispered aloud when he reached the signature. "You've got to be fucking kidding me. I knew he'd been employed by your father during the war, but I had no idea he held title with the Royal Guard." I flew up to my brother's shoulder. "The Academy used to be a military school funded by the Royal Family. The man that wrote this letter is the guy I told you about for my audition. And he's seriously messed up." "Okay." He eyed my pixie as he thought. "Explain the little blue man with wings, please." "Pixie's bond to fairies," I attempted to summarize it. "He's bonded to me. It's the main thing that made me think mom might not be human." I may have fudged that last part a bit. Interesting. Edwin slowly sat in his chair. So I guess we're royalty in more than one way. I ignored the statement and watched as Torkin rolled the letter up into a tube, looking about for some string. When the time is right, Ada needs to see this. Giving her physical proof of what happened in those mountains will help with her mental health. She has a right to know what happened to her family. Here, little one. Edwin handed him a bit of twine from the desk drawer. Be careful, both of you. This one has an aversion to safety. Torkin shoved the letter towards me. You're carrying it. But I'll do my best to look after him. Please do. I don't want to lose my favorite little brother. Edwin set me down on his desk. He was about to say something else when a knock came at the door. Edwin! father's voice sent me into a panicked frenzy and I started flapping. Are you ready to go over those figures? Uh, yes, sir. Just a moment. Adowin opened the window and ushered us out. This concludes chapter 14 of The King's Secret. I hope you enjoyed this reading and I hope you'll return for chapter 15. Have a wonderful week and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye.